0: who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group text Just News to 989898 98 98 right now Hello America and welcome to a new edition of Just the News's John Solomon Reports podcast so glad that you're joining us today I hope you had a wonderful Fourth of July, Independence Holiday Weekend. So much to celebrate in terms of freedom, so much to fight for. Freedom was under assault even as we were celebrating this weekend. It came in many forms, including Congresswoman Cori Bush and uh, many liberals, uh, Alyssa Milano, the Hollywood actress, uh, several members of the news media, including The New York Times, all denigrating America and its record, its history. On the fourth of July, I couldn't find a more offensive way to celebrate the Independence Day than to see some of the behavior of some of our elitist in government, in media, in Hollywood, in entertainment. Shame on them for failing to recognize all that is amazing in America. I wrote a whole story about this over the weekend. I got inspired to do so. The comments that many of these elitists wrote were deemed offensive by so many of us in America. And uh, it, it's a reminder that right now, the American experience is under assault in many, many different ways. And today, we're going to dive right into that issue with my good friend, Kimberly Herman, the general counsel at the Southeastern Legal Foundation, SLF, as I call it, is one of the country's most important public interest law firms. It represents the public interest in constitutional issues, whether they're FOIAs, Freedom of Information Act requests like I do. Uh, They've represented me several times, particularly on Ukraine and Russia documents that we forced out of the FBI, forced out of Ukraine, the State Department and other places, uh, to challenges that are race-based policies. We have race-based policies right now that are being challenged because only black farmers are allowed to get certain aid. White farmers are excluded from it. We've got school districts like Evanston, Illinois, uh, teaching whites and blacks and separate, segregating them I and teaching them differently based on their skin color. Kimberly Herman is at the center of all of those amazing challenges. And we're gonna spend the whole show with her today talking about the importance of fighting for freedom and of america the american experience a new era of racism is coming in a new era of cancer culture is coming in a new era of discrimination is coming in we need to fight it and uh slf the southeastern legal foundation todd young kimberly herman are on the lead they got some of the most important cases winding their way through the courts we're writing about them all the time at just the news and you know i said you know what Let's not just write about him. Let's bring Kim on the show. You get to hear from her yourself, one of the great lawyers in America, fighting some of the most important constitutional battles that we're going to see over the next two to three years. And she's going to be here for the whole show in just a minute. We're going to go to her in just a second. Now, before we do, I want to take you to two stories that occurred uh, over the weekend. I wrote both of them. I was busy writing a lot this weekend. Uh, The first is on this front of discrimination and cancel culture and and inequality in America, discrimination in America. Larry Sanger, one of the co-founders of Wikipedia, the online encyclopedia that we used to all really like, but now a lot of people have its questions about its merits. He called out his former child, Wikipedia, saying it has become too one-sided. It has become a mouthpiece of of progressive only thought ideas citations he noted how uh, sites like fox news and uh, new york post and the federalists were banned from citation he noticed how people were being canceled on it he said that this trend on wikipedia was bad for democracy it was damaging democracy his child the one he came up with two decades ago, he felt was damaging democracy in America by being one-sided, progressively one-sided. What a powerful statement by one of the big tech leaders of our time. Uh, Another warning shot that we're seeing day in and day out. We got mRNA vaccine experts being censored on LinkedIn. We've got people being silenced on Twitter, like President uh, Trump. We had just the news silenced on Facebook when we had accurate information calling into question the origins of COVID 19, the possibility that it did emanate from a lab in Wuhan. We were blocked and censored and chagrined and shamed, even though we had accurate information and the theory was plausible. That is a threat to a democracy. That is the sort of thing that Larry Sanger is talking about when he's talking about unilateral. You know, thought in America, it's bad. Now, the second story I have gets us back to the Hunter Biden episode. It is every day there are new revelations coming off this laptop. We've had many of them here at Just the News. They're very troubling. They're very concerning. And the latest revelation involves the firm known as Blue Star. Blue Star Strategies. This was a Democrat-connected firm that Hunter Biden's Burisma Holdings, the Ukraine gas firm, hired with Hunter Biden's recommendation. He urged that they be hired. That's what we see in these documents to lobby the State Department overseas um, and to lobby the State Department here and to lobby the Ukrainian government to try to get them to stop calling, stop viewing Burisma Holdings, Hunter Biden's employer, the natural gas company in Ukraine, in Kiev, to stop calling it corrupt, even though there was strong evidence of corruption, including not once, but twice, the United States State Department reported while Hunter Biden was on the board since 2014, since since Hunter Biden joined the board of Brisma Holdings in 2014, our State Department not once but twice reported that Burisma appeared to have made illegal bribery payments. One of them was reported to the FBI in early 2015. The second was reported to the top echelons of the State Department in December 2016 as Joe Biden was leading office. How about that? Pretty amazing, huh? Well, New revelations. When Blue Star was questioned last year by Senator Ron Johnson and the Senate Homeland Security Senate Finance Committee Investigations, uh, I'm sorry, Senate Judiciary Committee Investigations of Burisma and Hunter Biden, that's the investigation that concluded Hunter Biden created a conflict of interest that undercut America's fight against corruption in Ukraine by serving on a board that his father had policy responsibility for That's that investigation. Remember that? Well, the Blue Star executive Sally Tramontano, and uh, I'm sorry, Sally Painter and Karen Tramontano. Let me get the names right. Sally Painter and Karen Tramontano, two former Bill Clinton era lawyers now working at Blue Star Strategies. They testified that they didn't have any contact. They didn't really deal with Hunter Biden on the Blue Star Burisma lobbying. Well, we extracted from that laptop that the FBI now has in its possession. The emails back and forth between Hunter Biden between Hunter Biden and his colleagues at Rosemont Seneca and elsewhere, communicating with Sally Painter, scheduling meetings. There is an email that says Hunter Biden not only approved the Blue Star relationship with Burisma and urged Burisma to make the hiring, he got on the early strategy calls and talked about how to influence the U.S. ambassador in Kiev, Ukraine, who seemed to think Burisma was corrupt, like the evidence showed, uh, how to deal with a Wikipedia entry cleanup operation. They were going to clean up Burisma and try to get the corruption stuff out of the Wikipedia. So many different um, operations he was talking about. This seems to undercut conflict with what Sally Painter and Karen Tramontano told the Senate Homeland Security uh, Committee in depositions last year. We put the depositions up so you can read them. We put all of the Hunter Biden emails up and so can read them. And we interviewed Senator Ron Johnson, who says he's deeply troubled by the Blue Star story that was given to the Senate. Their lack of cooperation, as he called it. Uh, he calls out Blue Star. Now the question is, will anyone investigate whether these uh, testimonies were inaccurate, incomplete, misleading, whatever whatever you want to call them. All right, check that story out. All the documents you don't have to take my word for it again. I don't want to uh, tell you what to think or how to think. I want to give you the facts so you can make up your own mind in the dig in section of that story, which is atop just the news right now. you've got all the documents. you can click on them, read on them, read them, dissect them. Make up your own mind. That's what we try to do for you here at Just the News. We don't try to to tell you what to think or to indoctrinate you. We give you the facts so you can make up your own mind. Very important stuff. All right, we're going to go to a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we will have my good friend, Kim Herman, the general counsel at the Southeastern Legal Foundation at the forefront of some of the most important liberty battles in the courts today. Black farmers, uh, racially segregated school districts, Cancel culture on college campuses, Freedom of Information Act, illegal overreach of the United States government, moratoriums being imposed that were not allowed under the Constitution. Kim Herman is on the forefront of all of those cases, and she's going to bring us up to speed right after this commercial break. Folks, if you get your wallet stolen or your cell phone or your car, we know what it is. It's old-fashioned theft. It's crime. We know it. Criminals now have a new way to steal our most valuable asset, our homes. Older Americans are most vulnerable to these types of thefts, and that's because they more often own their homes outright. An 88-year-old Florida woman recently discovered that scammers forged her signature, created a fake deed to her home, and then took her property. Those who buy a property from a deed theft scammer often become victims as well. What can you do to protect yourself? It's simple. My good friends at Home Title Lock provide the premier detection technology to protect your home and its title. The instant they detect an activity or something suspicious, they mobilize to help shut it down. We won't know a thief took us off our title until it's too late. That's why Title Lock jumps into action right away. The titles to all our homes are easily found online. A criminal or renter, even a family member, can simply forge a signature on a home sale form. Then he or she refiles as the new owner, and bam! All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And as promised, a very special guest, somebody that I've had the pleasure of working with before on many of our Freedom of Information Act challenges that we've done here at Just the News. Joining us right now is Kimberly Herman, the general counsel of the Southeastern Legal Foundation, one of the really great public interest law firms in America. Kim, great to have you on the show.
1: Yeah, it's great to be with you.
0: You haven't been busy at all. I mean, just a lawsuit here, a lawsuit there. It's been pretty wild. Um, you're you're really fighting for freedom on a lot of different fronts. And I'd like to start with the uh, historic lawsuit that you helped file on behalf of a teacher in Evanston, Illinois, challenging race-based education. Tell us uh, why you did it and what the status of the case is right now.
1: Yeah. Um, so just last week, we filed a lawsuit um, in federal court up in Illinois, Um, to stop the local school district, uh, District 65, from discriminating against all of its teachers and all of its students on the basis of race. What they're doing up in District 65 is what we've been hearing a lot on the news, right? Whether you want to call it critical race theory, diversity and inclusion, equity, they are treating their students and their teachers differently because of the color of their skin. And as you know, um, it's well-settled law in America that you just can't do that. Yeah. The government cannot do that. They are violating the Constitution. They're violating our civil rights laws. And so uh, we filed a lawsuit to stop them from doing it.
0: Yeah, made a lot of news, a lot of waves. And uh, what's been the early reaction as uh, as people look out from teachers, students, parents? What, what are you hearing from folks after seeing? I mean, one of the great things about the lawsuit is it really exposes how the color of skin is in, uh, affecting every aspect of the education in the Everston School District. What's, what's that reaction been like?
1: Yeah, it's, it's actually been overwhelmingly positive. Um, you know, our, our client's really brave, and she filed a complaint actually with the Department of Education back in 2019. So she saw this happening for years and went to the Department of Education and said, my school district's violating the Civil Rights Act, can you guys do something about it? And they spent 18 months investigating this, and they ultimately found in January of this year that yes, um, segregating students by the color of their skin, segregating teachers by the color of their skin, forcing them to read in every class, um, you know, really discriminatory, hostile things that teach the students to hate one another, that that all violated federal law. And unfortunately, when the Biden administration took hold, uh, took office, they rescinded uh, that letter of finding. Mm. And so that is really why this lawsuit was necessary. And so what we're hearing is, thank you. Thank you for filing this. Thank you for standing up. And what a brave teacher.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. It takes a lot of courage because I'm sure, uh, as we saw over the last week, the NEA, the National Education Association, largest teachers union union, in America is actually spending money, $137,000 to try to promote this curriculum all across the United States and school districts where every, uh, in every school district where there's a unionized presence. When you look at some of the examples, can you, uh, for people who hear about this in the, the abstract, right? It's critical race theory, equity learning, diversion, inclusivity learning. What are some of the specifics that made the teacher in illinois so upset well give us an example of how race is used in the education system in this case
1: yeah um the most egregious one is what i mentioned with respect to segregation so it's one thing to have affinity groups and to tell you know people if you want to talk to you know like-minded people or people of your same nationality you know that that you can obviously do that that that's freedom of speech um, but here it's mandatory. So in trainings, they're actually putting non-white teachers in one room, white teachers in another room, and training them with different lessons. And wow. then they're doing that in the classroom. Um, segregation ended in this country over 70 years ago. And stop. you know, it, it needs to be out of our schools. We shouldn't even be having that conversation. But from a more tangible, like, what are the lessons look like? One of them is this book called Not My Idea and they're using it in pre-K through eighth grade. And I mean, we could read the whole book, it's 60 plus pages, but when you get to the end of it, there's two pages and it says whiteness is a bad deal, it always was. And then the next page has a white person dressed as a devil, holding up what it calls a contract binding you to whiteness. And it says that whiteness gets you the opportunity to mess endlessly with the lives of your friends, neighbors, loved ones, and all fellow humans of color. And then it asks the students to sign this. Wow. It is, uh, that is just one example, but it is really startling. And again, it comes back to this idea of what they call equity, which is really, in my opinion, it's a license to punish Americans for their skin color. Mm. They, they, it's nothing more than that. And it is really harmful to these children.
0: Unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, and some yeah. of these students are being asked to sign this pledge, right? There's a, a, a sort of a—that's correct—an anti-racist pledge, which, by the way, is racist, right? It actually separates people by the color of their skin. It's, it, 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 all this is being done allegedly in the name of trying to stop racism, but actually, it's imposing a whole new wave of racism in America.
1: Do, do how
0: do you feel the courts are going to look upon this as you as you look out over the horizon?
1: Yeah, I mean, we're really hopeful. Um, And we feel really positive, especially since the Department of Education already found that all of these policies and procedures and the curriculum violates the Civil Rights Act. Um, There is no explanation that the Biden administration has given for rescinding this letter. Um, They have gone absolutely silent on it. And uh, to no surprise, I mean, just this week, right, a new executive order came out where they're going to actually be requiring affinity groups in our government agencies. So what we're fighting here, the federal government is trying to actually federalize through all of our government agencies and then trickle that down into the schools. So make no mistake about it. This is not just a local school issue. The federal government is trying to mandate this throughout our country. We we have literally gone backwards. And I, I don't understand why they want it other than for power and money, to be honest.
0: It is remarkable, and a lot of people are getting rich off these curriculum too. That's one of the things that, when you when you study, there's a whole cottage industry spitting out this uh, propaganda curriculum, uh, and so people get wealthy off it as well. Which is, you know, one of the cha- the travesties of the education system how people profiteer so often. Um, you're not only fighting racism in the education system; you're also been fighting it in the agriculture system. Two very important lawsuits challenging. Uh, a new program that was instituted as part of the Biden COVID relief package uh, that uh, only gave money to black farmers, so would not in- admit white or other farmers into the program. Describe a little bit about uh, the early uh, movement in that case.
1: Yeah, so those cases have actually moved along quite quite quickly and very positively in terms of for the Constitution, yeah. right? So like you said, um, the Biden administration came out, Said we're going to automatically forgive loans, USDA loans, for non white farmers, and white farmers do not have access to the same level of relief. In addition, normally when the government forgives a loan or relieves a farmer from that debt, they can't come back to the government and get another loan. That's right. right. It's kind of like you defaulted, you can't get it again, if you want to call it that. Well, here, there's actually an exception. So your non white farmers. Can automatically get their loans forgiven, and then they get a check in the mail for 20% of their loan value to cover the tax implication, and then they can go get another loan from the government. None of those three things are available to white farmers. Mm. There's three levels of discrimination here. And the courts have said, you can't do this, government. They've preliminarily enjoined the government from continuing with this program, and so now we are just fighting it. Um, to continue and to get a, a a permanent injunction so that they can't come in and ever do this again.
0: It, it is remarkable that we would have, at this point, and we're in twenty twenty one, more than a, more than a half century away from the great civil rights movement. We're going back to race based government programs. It, it's almost uh, jaw dropping in its uh, in its irony and in its you know long term impact. The um, you're also fighting. Uh, discrimination uh, based on viewpoint. And you had a pretty important case against the school invo- that where uh, some young conservative groups like Turning Point USA were trying to organize a chapter in the school. And because of their, just because of their viewpoints, they were discriminated and pre- prevented from uh, creating a chapter. Tell us what's happened on that front.
1: Yeah. I I wish I could say that that's new news, yeah. right? But as you know, we've been seeing this on college campuses yeah. for the last decade plus Um which is why we actually started the 1A project here at Southeastern Legal Foundation, where we help those students. And last year, I believe we were on 39 campuses across the country, and a number, a large number of those were turning point students who um, were not being allowed to start their turning point chapters. The school is saying, oh, you know, because you of your conservative values, we consider you a hate group. Mm. And we have fought back really strongly against that. And we've actually been, been quite successful. Um, we had some really big wins out in Oklahoma on this earlier this year. We've even had some wins at some private schools, which, you know, historically are much harder um, to even engage with right. the administration to expand free speech and, and enforce the Constitution. But um, when we've gone into these schools, we've had overwhelming su- success with getting them to back down and allow the turning point groups to actually form we also work with students at um, Yale, Young Americans for Liberty, um, and they run into the same exact issue frequently.
0: It's just, it's just remarkable. I'm, I'm. Uh, we just had a um, a group that applied for IRS tax exemption, and they were told that uh, because they their uh, 501c3 purpose was to promote the Bible, that that the IRS considered the Bible a Republican tool, and therefore they rejected the uh, group. The Bible has suddenly okay. become a political tool. In this crazy era, it's um, it's almost jaw dropping. Um, there's so many different things that SLF is working on. I'm such a big advocate. I love the group. It's done so much important work, and um, including on behalf of me and, and just Justin News, where we've won a lot of FOIA's. But you we, you won a pretty big uh, win on another issue. It's not quite discrimination. It's really about government overreach. But the um, the moratorium on evictions that the CDC imposed on uh landlords uh you view that as a a significant overreach the cdc in your view doesn't have the authority tell us what's been happening on that front
1: yeah no i I appreciate you bringing up that case because it's a really important one that we've been fighting over the last year um you know the cdc came in and decided that it was going to take for itself power that it didn't have and it told landlords throughout our country um that they could not evict their uh tenants when their tenants didn't pay, right? Because of COVID, they said, you cannot engage in any evictions. Well, we challenged it as a violation of the Constitution. And we went a step further in our case. We challenged not only the CDC's authority to do this, but also Congress's authority to do this. Because Congress did do it in a previous version of a COVID relief bill. Right, that's right. And yeah, and our judge down in the Fifth Circuit said, you're right. Um, the CDC does not have authority to do this, and Congress does not have authority to do this, and it set aside the moratorium. Now, in a blatant disregard of, of the judge's orders, the CDC has continued to enforce it. So um, we are continuing to fight it. We have argument this fall at the Fifth Circuit. And so, you know, we're not backing down from this, even if they end up coming out and, and saying, okay, well, you know, it expires at the end of July. They could come back at any time and try to do this again. And, you know, what's even more egregious, John, is that in our hearing, the judge directly asked the Department of Justice attorney, if it wasn't for COVID, could the CDC come in and stop all evictions in our country? And the attorney actually said, yes, if we believed it was important enough, we could come in and do this. Wow
0: talk about I mean, an all all omniscient all-reaching government uh, the, just the viewpoint that they could they feel like they have that authority is remarkable
1: yeah so we're fighting that across the country and um, there have a number of other lawsuits that have been brought by some of our friends and um, we're not going to stop until you know the CDC is and, and Congress um, is told we expect this one to go all the way up to the Supreme Court, to be honest. Yeah,
0: it sounds like this one could be. And the SLF has been at the Supreme Court before and won before. So you guys have been in that venue yeah. and and uh, been such an important voice. When you step back from what, you're, what we're seeing today, we have school districts ty- trying to teach our children what to think. We have governments trying to uh, uh, stop the free market from operating the way it's intended to be. Uh, we've got colleges, state funded colleges, often uh, trying to suppress conservative thought. We've got a uh, government program that separates people based on their race. We have schools doing the same. Uh, what ha- We're at a remarkable moment in American history where many of the core values of liberty and fairness and equality seem to have been flipped on their head. How um, how amazing is it? I mean, when you went to law school, did you ever think we'd be in a moment in America where all of the core values of liberty and equality and uh, are are being turned around on the American people? And what is the exit strategy? How do we get out of this bad slide that we've been in over the last uh, few years?
1: No, I mean, honestly, I, I could have never imagined this, right? Wanting to go into constitutional law and, and go into the public interest world, um, I'd never thought that we would actually be in the fight that we're in today, right? And it extends to government overreach and, and, and honestly, government accountability too, which I know you focus on largely and we've gotten to do some great work together um, in exposing oh, yeah. some we've of that Oh yeah, have been so blessed corruption. to work with you guys. Oh. And um, it, yeah, it's good fun and it's also really important work that we're doing together. Um, but you know, the, the battle has to be on every single front. And for us, we're fighting that battle in the courtroom. And it has been, you know, really encouraging especially on issues dealing with the schools um, this past year and the free speech and if you want to say critical race theory, although I I hate to to use their own euphemism there, um, but to see the parents rallying and to see your everyday average American who maybe didn't study the Constitution wanting to learn about it and wanting to fight about it. Um, it's invigorating and it's rewarding. Um, And I just, I mean, I really feel, you know, you know this because we talk about it frequently, you know, uh, in personal conversations, but um, I feel very, very fortunate to be able to be at Southeastern Legal Foundation and, and in this fight right now.
0: Well, they in America are fortunate to have you as well. I mean, these are really important fights. And, you know, I was, I was thinking through as I was getting ready for this interview, I've been looking forward to this interview for several days now. And, um, we, we, there was a moment in the uh, Trump administration where the, the term deep state was coined and it was really, uh, coined in the, in the struggle over some fake scandals, you know, Russia collusion being one of them or Ukraine, uh, impeachment and others. But when you go to this extent that what you just described, the justice department lawyer in a court hearing saying, we can do anything we want if we feel like it's necessary has there be- become this uh, organism inside government, the permanent bureaucracy that doesn't seem to answer to anyone that seems to ignore whatever the will of the people are, or whatever the law is even how did we get to creating such a powerful state when, when our founding fathers actually were suspicious of the state? They, they, they actually fared this moment, I think in our, our country's evolution, uh, wh- how, how powerful is that state right now, the state bureaucracy and how do Americans keep it in check?
1: Yeah, I mean, we got here by by the last century, right, of building up the administrative state and people slowly ceding power over to the government, right? The government gives you something. So what do they want in return? Well, they want more power. Um, It's just kind of that age-old story, and it builds and it builds and it builds. And then we end up having, you know, hundreds of thousands of pages of of regulations and, and, um, you know, them coming over and just creating that administrative state. But how is it that we fight it? Um, It's by speaking up. Right. And it's by exposing. And a a lot of it is exposing what they're actually doing, whether it's through lawsuits, whether it's through investigative journalism. Um, You know, your investigative reporting that has exposed a tremendous amount of, um, you know, power and corruption um, in our federal government and just digging in. Um, And not backing down and not being afraid. Right. Uh, That's my biggest plea to everyone we talk to is don't be afraid. We need to stand up. We can do it in the courts. We can do it through op-eds. We can do it through journalism. um, But we have to do it.
0: You know, a lot of people look at this and say, well, I I don't want to get in a fight personally, but you're actually standing up for more than yourself. You're standing up for the principles of freedom and privacy and uh, against government overreach in ways that uh, actually can have a lasting effect. You know, that teacher in Evanston obviously has her own personal struggle within her district, but it's a much larger issue. And thanks to folks like Southeastern Legal Foundation, we're getting these issues before the courts and uh, eventually, I assume, to the Supreme Court and many of them. Uh, I want to ask one last question because I'm fascinated by it. Um, as an extension of the assault on freedom that we've seen by our government, there seems to be a similar assault in the, in the private big tech world. And uh, over the weekend, we published an interview by the co-founder of Wikipedia, uh, Larry Sanger, who said that he the very institution he created, this extraordinary open source online encyclopedia, he feared had become a one-sided meme for the left uh, that suffocated conservative opinion, Banned conservative sites from being used as citations, and uh, he he had some very harsh words for his own uh, the 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 baby that he created. You know, he's obviously moved on from it. But uh, this this idea that censorship is okay in America suddenly where did it where did it originate? How did we get to a point where we feel okay suffocating? Uh, debate in America, I, in fact, I think Larry Sanger said that this was actually ruining democracy. He he said this was bad for democracy, what Wikipedia was doing. How did we get, were, were these colleges 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago the breeding grounds for this moment of censorship that we find ourselves in America?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think that that you answer answered and gave my answer is that I think that it really comes from the academy um, and that, you know, we've been seeing it build over the last, honestly, two, three decades um, in our colleges, and you create that environment, and then people think it's okay. And then you combine that with social media, where people have an anonymity, and they can hide behind their computer, and they can say awful things to other people, and they can cancel them and silence them. And it becomes this little army of people at their keyboards um, to shame people. And then you've got the big tech companies behind it that are actually then cutting people off. And, I mean, we, we deal with that here at SLF, right? If Facebook doesn't like a post or doesn't like where our source is, nobody's going to see it. It just goes away and yep. it's hidden behind everything.
0: Shadow banning, yeah. And I,
1: I, you know, I, I know that, you know, you and, and just the news are definitely, you know, <laughs> no strangers to, to understanding that. Yeah, um, yeah we experienced and it firsthand. Yeah, when people don't like what you have to say, including maybe it's your reporting right? They don't like what it is that you're exposing and they do everything they can to cancel you. They try to destroy people. Um, and you have to be brave. You have to stick to your guns. And I just encourage all Americans to do that and to not let people silence you. If there's any time that we needed to speak out for our values and our country and our liberty, that time is now.
0: Uh, So well said, Kim. It really is. This is a moment, a carpe diem moment in America where the essence of America is being challenged. And of course, I think the the gravity of the great American experience are going to pull the pendulum back, but the pendulum is pretty far swung out right now in this area of censorship and cancel culture in discrimination. I mean, we're literally creating a new era of discrimination and we're lucky that you're on the case. How can folks follow the work you do and follow the great work of the Southeastern Legal Foundation?
1: Um, yeah, they can actually check out our newly launched website. Yeah, it um, looks great. We just redid it all. I'm super excited. Lots of late nights. Um, but it's <laughs> slfliberty.org. That's slfliberty.org. And we're also on Twitter. Um, give us a follow. We're also uh, kind of jumping into the Twitter game for whatever it's worth. Um, and that's at slf. _liberty.
0: Now, it is an amazing group and I can say this firsthand because I've experienced being in the trenches with you guys. A lot of the documents that we won in the Ukraine investigation and in the Russia investigation were made possible by Kimberly's great lawyering work and by the the resources of the SLF coming to our assistance and saying, you know what, we're going to challenge these bureaucrats who don't want to give this information up at the state department or wherever it was, the FBI, the FISA court, there were some important FISA court, mm-hmm. um, things. And we're, we're just so grateful, Kim, that you've done this work and, and uh, are defending American freedom and the public interest in the way that you and all the great folks, Todd, and everyone else at SLF do. So thank you on, on behalf of all of us at Just the News.
1: Yeah. Well, no, thank you. And um, it's always fun to be in the trenches with you. So we're not, we're not done getting those documents yet. We still got a few more That's
0: right, a few we more got...
1: to get and to get out to the American public and they're coming.
0: I can't wait. I really can't wait. It's a fun, it's a fun pursuit. And I know we're going to need you back in the show because you have some historic cases with the Evanston and uh, the farmers and so many other things. So we'll be sure to get you back on soon. Until then, thank you so much for, for making us wiser today.
1: Absolutely. Thanks, John.
0: All right, Kim. Have a good day.
1: You too.
0: All right, folks, we're going to go to a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to wrap things up for the day. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out. friends, who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group. Text Just News to 989898 98 98 right now. All right, folks, that wraps it up for the day. I hope you enjoyed that great conversation with Kim Herman, truly one of the great constitutional lawyers in America, fighting some of the most important landmark cases we're going to see wind their way through the courts, challenging a new era of anti-white discrimination, challenging Uh, censorship on college campuses, challenging government overreach. Uh, The Southeastern Legal Foundation and Todd Young and uh, Kimberly Herman are true heroes on that front. They are fighting and launching investigations uh, and court cases. And of course, they represent us in our many a Freedom of Information Act requests when we pursue information, the release of information from bureaucrats who don't want to give it up, important stuff all around. Now, before you go tonight, as you're preparing your dinner, you might be getting hungry about this time of day. I've got an offer from my good friends at KansasCitySteaks.com. You know how much I love them. I'm always grilling their steaks on my grill. Great people, their sponsorship and advertising make this show and what we do it Just the so news Possible. And right now, they've got specials, whether it's their butter, tender, filet, bignon, their hearty strip steaks, their savory ribeyes, their desserts, their side dishes. You can't go wrong. You get hungry just looking at the menu. Well, When you need that next freezer full of meat, rather than go to the store, skip the store, go to kansascitysteaks.com, use the code justnews at checkout, that's us, and you're gonna get 15% off the order. That's a big savings. How many people give you 15% off? Very few people, right? 15% off your order, and you get free shipping. The meat shows up right on your doorstep. It's still frozen in a box. You open it up, throw it in the freezer. I usually throw a couple on the grill right away because I can't wait. Well, that's the sort of deal that our good friends at Kansas City Stakes are doing right now. 15% off. What a summer deal. Sizzling summer deal, I should say. Use a little bit of summer words there. Um, remember, they make possible what we do in our investigative reporting, in our our podcasting, in our television shows. Uh, these are amazing folks. They've empowered Just the News and John Solomon Reports to get you facts so you can make up your own mind reward them thank them let them know how much you appreciate what they do i am by going online today at kansascitysteaks.com go to the checkout box when you pick your meat choose the code justnews all one word justnews put it in the box and you're going to get 15 percent off 15 percent off and free shipping that's a steal you got to do it right now all right Enough for the day. We'll be back tomorrow with more breaking news, more information. Stay tuned. A lot of news coming up this week. A lot of investigative projects coming up. More cancel culture on the horizon. We've got it all lining up at justthenews.com. Check it out day and night. We got you covered 24-7. All right, folks. God bless you, and God bless this amazing country of the United States, as he always has. You've been listening to John Solomon Reports, a podcast from Just the News. Signing off tonight. We'll be back with a new show tomorrow. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group.